Blog Talk Radio. Of course. Um, 
both of you mentioned how their entrance had to be seen to be believed. Can you just give us, is it, I mean, it's, it's Sweet Caroline and everybody singing along? Is that the deal? So that was the, that was the mind-blowing thing, is they come out, and who, if you, I said to, to Huck, if, if you'd have told me you're going to come out to Sweet Caroline I said, with, by Neil Diamond, I said, that is not going to work. Did it, it not only worked, it was incredible. I mean, everybody was on their feet singing along, waving their arms. It was something else. It was a sight to behold. Oh, a white people love that song, Larry. You can't you can't get that song past white people. Well, okay. uh, whenever, <laughs> whenever um Neil Diamond Cutter of Deathmatch fame, he uses yeah. that song as well. And yeah. I mean, even the death nothing is weirder, I have to tell you, than Deathmatch fans. All these guys in like all these three hundred pound <laughs> neck beards with, you know, death metal T-shirts on, all of a sudden, like, lightening up and singing Sweet Caroline. It's well, uh, quite a sight. There you go. Quite a sight. There you go. <laughs> hey, we got we to gotta talk a little action wrestling here before we bring on um, Sean Holcomb slash Sean Ambrose. He's Sean Ambrose at KLT, so that's what I call him. Um, gotcha. Man, yeah, we'll... Sean, Sean's waiting in the wings, and uh, I do thank him for that, so we will get to him right away. But yes, let's talk about action real fast, please. So they've got one of their biggest shows ever coming up Friday night. This, um, uh, I believe it's only their second live stream on IWTV. They've got Anthony Henry's final independent match versus none other than Nolan Edward. Mm. Uh, multiple um, bringing in several new talents to debut Logan Creed against Hoodfoot, AC Mack, who has now held the action title for, I believe it's 765 days. Oh my God. We'll, we'll be defending against Eric Royal, Fred Yehi and Kevin Koo. That is going to be a brutal match. Those yeah. two. Um, yeah, it's a big, it's a, it's a big deal. And they, they, you know, they've clearly, they've moved into the upper echelon on uh, IWTV because they're going to be part of this um, uh, showcase at the Independence uh, on WrestleMania weekend down in Tampa, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And they've got the Friday 12 o'clock noon slot with Southern Underground Pro. So the company's announced so far, there may be more than, than I've got here, but some companies familiar to you, Mr. Platinum, No Peace Underground, uh, No Hold Barred, Pit Fighter, Beyond wow. Synergy, and then Action and Southern Underground, but they're sharing one slot. Uh, that's going to be, new, as I say, noon on Friday, and that's going to be a three-day run of the best, the, the top IWTV promotions. Jesus. So, I, heard, I heard that um, as well that Brandon and Casey Kirk, who we're going to have on mm-hmm. a couple of weeks from now, are actually headlining that show. They're actually headlining oh. yeah. Yeah, the ICW slash no peace part of it. I think they're having oh. like a big, huge match because they're being used in the publicity. So I guess a lot of people were, were hating, as the kids say. But uh, <laughs> I saw Casey Kirk spouting off, telling people screw off, and, you know, they can't help being over and all that kind of good stuff. So, how wonderful. Um, yeah. 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 So, you know, one could argue that with. AC Mack and Logan Creed both returning to um, Southern Honor last Friday, and with Southern Honor and Action 
now evidently going to not are going to stay off the you know run on different Friday nights. Okay. Um, and the roles that Mac and Creed have at Action, you could argue they're the two biggest stars in the state if they're headlining I both of those shows. It's funny you say that. I would argue that along with them, I would agree with that. Along with them, I'm going to put Shane Marks there as well. And I, um, you know, again, but, but if Peach State ran more, I think that would be a stronger argument. But Shane Marks, man, even in that Jacob Ashworth video, he's really good. <laughs> he's just really good in that thing. Did you did you get a chance to see it? No, it's gone. I mean, unless it was put back up. When I went to look at it, it's the the link's gone. It kept disappearing throughout the day, but I have up. a reaction to it, and so you can see it there if nothing else. So oh, I cool. react to the video. Mm-hmm. And so. one last thing before I bring on Sean Holcomb. Speaking of videos, look yeah. out. I don't think it's up yet, but look out for the Logan Creed, David Ali video that was shot last um, Friday night, and that was supposed to be up sometime this week. I heard stories. And yes. I got to see a little clip, and it's amazing. I'm going to look at yes. that thing right away because I know they're going to catch a lot of criticism their yes. way. But, um, boy, I, old-fashioned super heat on that thing. I can't wait to see it. I, I, I won't spoil it, but I did talk to Logan about that aspect that you're discussing and how they were able to pull that off. And I, I feel okay with it once he, the way he explained it to me. But um, anyway, yes. we yeah we will see it. Hey, so let's um, without further ado, please. We have with us the promoter of the Superstars Fan Fest, the commissioner of KLT, Mr. Sean Ambrose is joining us on the Tipping Point. Welcome, sir. Hey guys, how are you? Hey, Sean, I appreciate you calling in, raring to go. Larry, is that a first? that somebody has actually been in the queue, not only on time, but early. <laughs> it's, it's happened before, but not that many times. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, you know, the way I look at it is on time is late and early is on time. Uh, I've been my life tonight. Are you sure you're in the pro wrestling business? My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, that's, <laughs> that's the uh, kind of the where I'm – I, I, I kind of have a line drawn where a lot of people are like, oh, you're in the wrestling business. And I'm like, no, I'm doing this for fun. I've got a real career. And, you know, I'm, I'm you know, a business-oriented business person with a real career. I do wrestling for fun. So, yeah, no, I'm, I, I, I try to be on time for everything I'm doing. Nicely done, Sean. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Um, I know there's things that you wanted to clear up and make clear, um, so I would, I mean, unless, unless you have a direct question you want to ask in the beginning, Larry, I would just as soon let Sean say whatever he would like to say and give him this time. But, no, I want the, I want this time to be his to, to clarify any misconceptions and, and, and so forth. Uh, uh, the time's yours, Sean, go ahead. Absolutely. Okay, great. All right. Well, I, I think probably the best thing to do, uh, is, uh, what I did about an hour ago is I went back. And I watched uh, Stephen's first video again, um, where uh, we, you know, it was said that Superstars Fan Fest was full of shit. <laughs> so I made notes, 
and uh, went back just so that I can clear the air on any of this. And if you guys have any questions while I'm talking, please come on and ask. I'm an open book. I'm, uh, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I present myself uh, straight and uh, would never mislead anybody. So, okay, Absolutely, um, Sean, but I, but I would just as soon let let you let you say your piece. If I need to ask a question, I will. But other than that, I just want you to be able to talk until you're satisfied and you've gotten it out. But please. 10-4. Part of the video I, I watched it said uh, that we never intended to put a show on to begin with, and uh, that's untrue. Um, we obviously have uh, had plans to put this show on from uh, way back into 2019. Uh, this is our fifth Superstars uh, Fan Fest uh, because of uh, copyright issues with the name Superstars of Wrestling, uh, which is what we used to be called. Uh, I had to change the name to Superstars Fan Fest, and we have been operating since uh, 2012. I had promoted for TNA Impact a couple of shows in 2009 and 10. So I've been doing it for a little while. Um, we've had everybody on uh, our Superstars shows. Our first uh, show, we had Ric Flair as our headliner. Uh, we've had everybody from DDP to the Young Bucks to... Booker T, uh, Ivan Koloff, Nikita Koloff, probably a total of about 50 WWE Hall of Famers. So, yeah, we intended to put it on. We intended to put the five on before and or the four on before, and this was to be our fifth one, which will be April 24th. Um, the next part that was said is uh, we kept sponsors' money. And, unfortunately, <laughs> the – the problem with that is we never received any money from any sponsors because we never got any sponsors. The only sponsors that we have uh, was Sonovus Bank, which we uh, have their we, we had their money. Uh, he's a good friend of mine, the guy that gave it to me. I've been in contact with him every time we've had to reschedule because of COVID. And uh, I said, "Hey man, you know we're rescheduling again. Do you want your money back?" And he's like, "No, just hold on to it. We'll you know use it when when you get when you finally are able to have the show." like okay fine that's what we're going to do the only other sponsor we have is high voltage prints and that is the guy that does our event t-shirts and he has not printed any t-shirts because we haven't had an event but he's done every print for us since the beginning and uh, he's just waiting on us to send him his send him our design for this show and he'll be uh, raring to go with that so i'm not sure what sponsors steven who were the sponsors that you were talking about there they were, um, again, I never said, like, this is absolutely true. This was just the scuttlebutt that I've heard for months and months where people just go, like, okay, I've heard the sponsors. You know, it's, it, it was never a specific one. It was just it's wrestling. So people would just be concerned. So, it, so it was, terms just, of, it was uh, tell, tell a friend, tell a wrestler? Yes, yes. Yeah, telegram, tell a friend, tell a wrestler. All right. Yeah, I mean that that we've dealt with, and, and I don't necessarily hold you guys, you know, responsible for you know knowing that most of this is total bull. But honestly, we've dealt with this since the first show. Uh, when I first said, "Hey, we're we're doing Superstar Sand Fest, and we're bringing Ric Flair to Rome, Georgia," everybody laughed at me. There's no way in hell Ric Flair will ever come to Rome, Georgia. Why would he come to Rome, Georgia? Even though he'd already been there twice with WCW, but. And then Ric Flair was standing in my ring. And the same thing with the Young Bucks. Got that at the last show. There's no way you're going to get the Young Bucks to Rome, Georgia, because they don't even do appearances. 
and Air Paris made that happen. And they were standing in our ring. In fact, they did a super kick on Bill Barron's. So, uh, you know, we, we've been told many times that, you know, people aren't going to show up. Uh, and we've had people say, you know, well, you, you, you're keeping people's money and blah, blah, blah. But it's never been true, and it's not true now. Uh, KLT is going to host the event. Want to know how they're going to do that with only one bathroom? I got, I got you on that one. Um, KLT is, uh, it's a wrestling building. I don't call it a wrestling building. It is an old school memorial gym in Rome, Georgia. If you, <laughs> if you've ever heard the stories of Rome, Georgia, and Memorial Gym, this is a wrestling building. And yes, there is one bathroom in that building. However, when KLT approached me and said hey, why don't you run Superstars here? Because uh, the Forum River Center, who was going to um, host the event, in fact, they were the financial backers of the event. This entire time, it was their event, and I was working for them as the promoter to put the event together for them. They were going to make the money, not me. I was on I was on the payroll. And uh, the uh, Forum contacted me a week before Christmas and said, hey, uh, we are shutting the forum down due to COVID. We're not going to have any public events uh, for the foreseeable future, so we're going to refund everybody their money that has bought tickets. And I said, okay, fine. That's great. You know, I'm, I'm kind of tired of dealing with you all anyway. I'll move it to another venue. So I did. Uh, KLT contacted me. They wanted me to be a storyline commissioner for them. Uh, I was like, fine. And once I got in there, they were like, you know, you could run the Fan Fest here. And we got to talking about it. I was like, yeah, we can do it, but uh, there's gonna, we need some upgrades to the building because there's no way you're going to be able to bring the crowd that I'm going to bring in uh, to a building that only has one bathroom and, you know, an, uh, a, a little piece of fabric as your curtain entrance. You know, we got to do something, make it a little more, you know, appealing. So with that being said, we have complete, since I know Larry was there uh, about a month or two ago, uh, Larry, you wouldn't know the building now. Uh, when you when you come in, we have complete. We've moved the ring. We've got a whole new setup, uh, seating chart, uh, seat seating arrangement. We've got a brand new entrance. Uh, and the thing that I believe they started working on this week was they're building brand new bathrooms. There'll be a separate men's and women's multiple stall bathrooms uh, in the back corner of the building. And all of that is for two reasons. Number one, for the fan fest, obviously, because we're going to have a big crowd. But number two, KLT's drawing three to 400 people every show, and one bathroom ain't going to cut it. And Ricky Wiggins, the owner, knows that. So we're, uh, we're bringing in porta-potties uh, for the Fan Fest, and we're also going to have uh, new um, for the building because uh, we're, the success we're having is, is unbelievable. We're also very excited about it. And uh, and we're just we're making it more appealing for the fans and and make them as comfortable as possible while they're there. Um, yeah, I saw the photos uh, from the last yeah. show, and it was obvious that it did not look the building did not resemble what I saw the, for the beginning of January when I went. Obviously, great improvements have already been made, so that's good. Um, that's real good for the, yeah, for the fans of KLT. Yeah, I'm heading up there tomorrow. All of our lights didn't come in. They did come in after the show, so I'm going up there tomorrow to install the rest of the lights. Uh, you know, we're not going to be on – we're not going to have production on par with Southern Southern Honor Wrestling, but to be honest, we're not competing with Southern Honor Wrestling. What Their, their brand of wrestling and our brand of wrestling is apples and oranges. Uh, we are old-school 80s storytelling wrestling, and they are more modern-day – 
great stories because Dylan's telling them, uh, and, uh, you know, they've got a great thing going there and we do our own thing and we're two totally different programs. So, um, but yeah, we, we're not going to be on their level. There's unless we go and get about 10 grand worth of, uh, production cause they've got the best setup in the uh, state. Without yeah, they really do. It's something else. Uh, let's see. Uh, why go into KLT venue? You said it was kind of sketchy. Uh, they contacted me. Uh, I already explained that the forum shut down and there was nowhere else for us to go. Could we afford it? Of course we could. I've ran the forum times with my fan fest and we've afforded it every time. Are they expensive? <laughs> yeah, way too much. Uh, before I ever sold the first <laughs> ticket or booked the first, before I ever sold the first ticket or booked the first, uh, talent, we were already $10,000 in the hole for the building and production. Mm-hmm. So, oh, Lord. Um, yeah, KLT, I'm paying zero money for the venue or production. So, um, might actually be able to make some money on this one because I haven't in the past. I've been doing this for my kids. I wanted my kids to meet their wrestling heroes. And, um, you know, if I can make my money back, my kids, seeing the kids, smiles on my kids' face was plenty payment enough for me. So, uh, that's why, that's what we're, that's why we're doing it. But, um, the next point was, uh, you know, I want to get into the sting stuff, obviously, because I know that's, you know, what, what everything is kind of revolving around here. And I've got some information on that for you guys. Uh, what you, you had stated, wouldn't you promote sting to the moon? And dude, we have promoted sting to the moon, uh, since we announced him December 1st of 2019, right after WrestleCade, because we actually announced him at WrestleCade. Um, we have, I have put Sting on Twitter, which I don't use Twitter that much. I don't have a whole lot of fans on Twitter. But we've put Sting on Twitter 23 times and tagged him. And never once did we get a message from anybody with Sting or his group saying, we don't know who you are, why, why are you saying this, this is fake. Uh, we put a 30-second commercial on um, Fight TV, on February 19th because the event that we were having was the Bruiser Brody cup and it was going to be live on fight and the commercial for the whole thing had sting on it that he was going to be a guest at the fan fest earlier in the day. Uh, it was on fight. It was nobody ever contacted us and said, you, you, why are you advertising Sting? we don't know anything about you. And then wrestling Inc did an article on March 5th, 2020, which mentioned sting was coming to Rome, Georgia. And uh, never got, you know, that, that obviously everybody reads Wrestling Inc. Never got one mention from anybody saying, who are you? Sting doesn't know who you are. Uh, so, yeah, we've been promoting Sting to the moon since, uh, since December 1st, 2019. Now, why are we promoting indie people and not Sting? Well, we're promoting Sting. But Superstars Fan Fest, from the beginning, my vision has always been, I want Obviously, I want you to come meet your wrestling heroes during the day. That's that's the fan in me. There's other fans like me that want to that want to meet Tony Atlas or want to meet you know Nikita Koloff because they watched him on TV. But that night we switch it over. Yeah, we're gonna have some legends in there because you want to sprinkle a little bit of that in. But that night is for the indie wrestlers to shine, to give them an opportunity to wrestle in front of a huge crowd and potentially in front of people who are decision makers for WWE or whoever they're, you know, at the time they're working with AEW or whatever. And, you know, give them a chance to be seen by people they wouldn't normally be seen by. So this is a celebration 
of indie wrestlers as much as it is a fan fest. And that's why on Monday nights we announce a legend that's going to be at the fan fest. And then on Wednesday nights we announce an indie wrestler that will be on the show. And uh, we're just trying to celebrate them as much as we're celebrating the, uh, the legends. Um, the next point was look at how many tickets we'd sold for the show. Uh, who's going to be on it? Well, we're, we're constantly advertising our guests. Uh, we've got a website. We've had over 30,000 visits just in the last year. And they, uh, and, and we've got plenty of places where we're announcing who's going to be there and, uh, and what indie wrestler is going to be there. The closer we get to the show, we're going to start putting out match cards like we always do and uh, have these guys, uh, you know, who's going to be, who's going to be facing who. I'll already tell you this. We're going to we're going to have a battle royal. We always seem to have to have one of those. We call it the over the budget <laughs> battle royal <laughs> because we spent all our money, but we've got five thousand <laughs> indie guys wanting to be on this show. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, you can be on the show, and I'm going to be straight up, up front and honest with you. I'm not even going to give you a hot dog. I might give you a handshake. I, if you want to be on the show, I'll be happy to let you come be on the show. I can't pay you. Uh, I'm straight up honest with everybody with that. Um, but uh, you're going to be in the ring with Tony Atlas. Tony Atlas will be in the Battle Royal that night. Now, everybody's like, okay, well, Tony Atlas is 70 years old. You know, can he even get in the ring? And the answer is yes. He he still works, albeit very slow. Tony Atlas still works, and he'll work fine for a Battle Royal. So it gives them an opportunity to be in the ring with, you know, a legend, a WWE Hall of Famer, and something they can tell their grandkids about, you know, that they actually was in the ring with somebody that's as legendary as uh, as Tony Atlas. Uh, let's see, uh, trying to hold on to the sting money. All right. This is the time when we're going to get into the sting stuff. The way that a fan fest works as a promoter uh, of a fan fest, I do not book any wrestlers. I don't book any legends, any guests, nothing. I book vendors. Uh, I put it out there. In fact, we've been doing it so long. Once I announced that we're having a show, Vendors contact me, or I just go to my go-to guys and say, "Hey, we're having the show April 24th. You want to, you know, you, you want to bring somebody?" And then they, you know, they. So um, we're uh, we're we're talking about doing the show. Um, I'm kind of put feelers out there. I start looking around. My main thing is I like to go to like WrestleCade's website, see who are the uh, the vendors that come to WrestleCade. Because I'll contact them and say, "Hey, I've got a show in Georgia. If you're interested in coming, we're not as big as WrestleCade." But we do pretty good. We usually have anywhere from 1,000 to 1,500 people at our show. And then they'll come back and say, I'm not interested, or, yeah, I'd love to come. I'll bring so-and-so. Well, I contacted um, Gimmick Tree Entertainment and uh, the, because they had had a guest there at one time. And Charlie Hartman con- come back to me, and uh, and we were talking back and forth. And he, uh, he, was, he was wanting to bring some people, and he booked some guys. And we're talking about back in 2019, probably we announced December 1st with Sting. We're probably looking at – it takes about a year to plan one of these things. So we're probably looking at somewhere in the neighborhood of September. And uh, so he starts talking, and he's like, you know, I know uh, a guy that could possibly get us a headliner. Uh, and I'm like, well, great. Who is it? You know, cause we need a headliner. And, uh, he said, it's a, a guy, buddy of mine named Scott Wilder. And, uh, I believe he can get us, uh, somebody pretty big and we'll give you his phone number. So I talked to him 
And he starts saying, you know, I could bring in, you know, all these names. He brought up even at that time, uh, Chris Jericho. And I was like, man, that would be outstanding. How much is Chris Jericho? And he told me. And I'm always up front with my vendors. If they say they can bring somebody and I always say, well, how much is he charging you? Because I know about how many fans are going to be there and about how many of them are going to buy meet and greet. Mm -hmm. And I don't want any of my vendors showing up and losing money. So once he told me how much Chris Jericho was, I was like, dude, you're crazy. Don't bring Chris Jericho. That's nuts. You're not going to make any money. You're going to lose money. And so, you know, we go down the road, back and forth, different people, and then we land on Sting. And I'm like, Sting would be great. You know, uh, he's WCW. It's Georgia. Uh, he's been to, Sting's been to Rome at the Forum twice for WCW uh, tapings. Um, Sting would be a great headliner. So, you know, we went through the process of everything, sent them a vendor agreement. They signed it. And they told me, uh, we've paid Sting his deposit. He's ready to go. And I'm like, okay, awesome. We'll announce him. And we did. I do this with every vendor. And uh, we announced the show for April um, of last year. We, uh, let's see, what was it? February, I believe, that COVID hit uh, our area. And um, we had to postpone the show because of COVID. Uh, I believe three times, maybe four times, uh, because we were ho- we were holding the the show at the Forum River Center, which is a government owned building, and all government owned buildings were shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not shut the Forum down until the last minute, uh, and I was holding out hope that this was just a, a flu that was going to go away, and we're going to be able to have our show and we'll be fine. Well, it didn't happen that way, and we ended up shutting the country down, and we had to can- we didn't cancel our show. We postponed it. I said, well, we're going to move it six months down the road. By then, this thing's going to be over. You know, it's just a flu, and, you know, I, I, you know, we didn't – hindsight's twenty twenty. If I'd known back then, we would have just canceled it altogether. So October's coming, and, uh, you know, we're good, we're good. And then about two weeks, three weeks before the show's supposed to happen – even with the restrictions that we were going to have, uh, we had we decided we were going to break the show up. And we were going to have uh, three separate shows back to back to back, finishing out with the final one with Sting, and then mm-hmm. we were going to have headliners for the other two. Well, the forum decided that they're not doing any shows. Uh, they're they're still going to shut it down. We can't have social distancing or anything. Basically, they didn't want a COVID case traced back to their building. Sure, and they postponed us again. That was for October. They, I said, all right, we'll put us down for April 24, 2021. We're going to do it then. Okay, we should be fine. We're going to do it then. I got the call in December. We're shutting the building down. We're not going to have any events. Uh, we're just going to refund everybody their money. And I'm like, fine. And that's when KLT contacted me. So, yes, we have delayed this, this uh, show three times because of covid we have moved Sting three times because of COVID. We have promoted Sting since December 1st, 2019, all the way until a couple of weeks ago, or about a week or two ago. Sting going to be at Superstars Fan Fest April 24th in Rome, Georgia, selling meet and greets and everything, and not one person has come to us and said Sting has no clue who you are. So I got a call from uh, just a couple of days ago because I started pushing this. Um, once I got the uh, the message that 
for I'm not going to I'm not going to go into details on why I was told that Sting wanted to move the date because that's Sting's business. And I've talked to Tony Hunter, who's close to Sting, and I talked to the agent uh, that was working on behalf of Sting, and uh, and then another agent that's actually his current agent. And they all agreed that this is probably the case, and, and but I won't go into details because it's personal business. Okay. And uh, he he requested the date change to move it to October. That was the last thing I wanted to hear after we have postponed this thing so many times. And uh, Charlie contacted me and said, "Man, I hate this. I know that you know this is all going. This is crazy, but I'll get you a headliner and we'll replace him." Uh, and, and it'll be a good one and we're going to, you know, we're going to push forward and I'm like, fine, you know, find me somebody. And that's when he came back and said, I got you the horseman, obviously minus Ric Flair. And, uh, so we replaced Sting with the horseman with uh gimmick tree entertainment and G and T promotions are, uh, going together to bring the horseman in, uh, with all this stuff going on. I was like, Charlie, look, I need some proof that all this is really happening because I'm tired of getting questions about everything. I've had questions since 2012, since I started, but I feel like I've been promoting this show for 10 years now. And I, just, I want the show to hurry up and get done over with, be successful so I can move on with my life. He has sent me uh, a screenshot of the deposit where he sent to Arn Anderson's real name, Marty Lundy. Uh, I spoke to JJ Dillon yesterday on the phone. Uh, obviously he's very aware of the show. We talked about it. Um, and I talked to Tony Hunter yesterday who books Arn Anderson all over the country. Uh, Arn is very aware of the show. Arn will be there and we're getting promos from all these guys. But one of the other things was that you said was, uh, why haven't we seen any promos on these guys? You should be able to get one in like a day. Dude, that is getting promos from these old guys is like pulling teeth because they don't know how to operate a phone. And apparently they're not surrounded by people that does either. So it takes time to get these guys to do a pro. I've been on Tony Atlas for about three weeks now to get a, uh, a promo from him. And I can't get one from him because he's, I've got one from Randy Hogan. I'm more than willing to let you see that, but I don't think it's going to legitimize my show as much as uh, one from <laughs> Arn Anderson. So, uh, but so, uh, promos, I don't typically release until about three weeks before the show. Uh, that's my that's my last minute push to get those last few tickets. I rely on advertising and everything to get up, and then I start throwing promos for the last three weeks to, to build the anticipation and excitement for the show, and then we have the show. So that's why you haven't seen any promos because it's just not time for me to do that. That's just my style of promoting is all. Um, okay, uh, can I ask you a question? Sure, um, I'm almost done. But go ahead. <laughs> oh no, go go ahead and finish then. Then I'll then I'll ask the question. No, 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 no. It's fine. Go ahead. Well, so Steve in his second video outlined some of the um, legal issues and complaints about Charlie Hartman and Giving Tree Entertainment. One, were you aware of those? And if so, you you in spite of that, you feel comfortable doing business with Charlie Hartman. Is is that right? Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up because uh, that's an excellent question and one that I'm excited to answer. Um, I have been doing business with Charlie Hartman and Gimmick Tree Entertainment since uh, the middle of 2019 on various things, not just the Fan Fest. Um, I booked 
uh, Tony Atlas as my guest at WrestleCade, as Superstars Fan Fest guest at WrestleCade, through Charlie. Charlie for Tony. Charlie booked Tony's flight and got our both of our hotel rooms and everything. Straight business, no problems. Everything was great. All right. Um, I booked Terry Funk. We had announced Terry Funk back uh, for the show, I believe it was in April of last year. Um, and I booked Terry Funk because I was like, Terry hadn't done shows in forever. Well, how much does he cost? I will pay for him myself, and I'll, you know, hopefully make some money off Terry Funk because that's a big get. Uh, due to reasons which I will not disclose here uh, because of the respect I have for Terry Funk, uh, he, um, we, we ended up canceling him bit of money $3,500 that I had paid to Charlie Hartman for Terry Funk was immediately returned to me straight business no problem uh, I understand his background I knew about his background I know that you know everybody's got a past and some people's is a little worse than others uh, but I'm a I'm a second chance kind of guy um you know, it, it, there's a lot of people that had not had they not been given that second chance, where would they be right now? And I give everybody one chance to screw me. And once you screw me, I'm done with it. Charlie Hartman in over a year has not screwed me. And, uh, and, and to this point, he is still providing me with proof every time I ask for it of anybody that he has booked for my shows. Okay. I got to say, though, I mean, my weekend was filled (laughs) with people contacting me, thanking me, first of all, but the Charlie Hartman stories, this isn't, I mean, I got to make this point crystal clear. I mean, this guy can't walk into the Carolinas without having lawsuits slapped on him. He'll probably never step foot in those states again. I mean, the, the monies that he's ripped off. The games that he's played, I mean, I guess I can say I can see you going, well, he's never screwed me. But at the same time, why would you affiliate yourself? That's the part. I mean, Larry, am I off base here? Like, why would you – anybody can book guys. I mean, he's not a magic dude. You can get Bill Barron's. Bill Barron's could probably get you anybody that you want. Um, and he's as straight as an arrow. And he could, right. I, yeah, I got why do you keep it. dealing with Charlie? I mean, the stories that I heard are abhorrent, <laughs> just abhorrent. Yeah. And if you said that, you know, these stories, I just don't see, this isn't screwing one person out of money. This is like 25 grand here, bilking all of these businesses here, stealing money from charities. I mean, and I, you can't tell me that Charlie gets the benefit of the doubt on those after his track record. I just don't get it, Sean, because you're obviously a level-headed guy, straight arrow, nice dude, smart guy. Why do you fuck with Charlie? I just don't get it. I just don't understand it. I can answer that uh, as best I can. Um, Number one, uh, I'm a former law enforcement officer. I did it uh, in Rome, Georgia. Um, It's been over 20 years ago now, but I did do it. So I've been around bad people. And I've seen bad people do bad things, make really bad decisions, 
sometimes biggies, like what we're talking about here. And then I saw, I've seen people give them one shot. And they're able to not overcome their past because everybody's got a past and somebody is always going to bring it up. But to give them an opportunity to make a better future. And with Charlie, I, like I said, I have had straight business with him from get-go. Anything that happened before I met Charlie Hartman, there's, that's not my business. It's, you know, I understand that you, you, know, you, you do background checks on people. You check and see you know, what kind of people are you dealing with and blah, blah, blah. And I understand that, and I did, and I checked on him. But I, I'm a pretty good judge of character too. And, you know, and, and it's just with Charlie, number one, Charlie, did, when, we, when we get right down to the, to the bare bones of this whole Sting thing, Charlie Hartman and Gimmick Tree Entertainment did not book Sting. I was, he was the go-between between me and Scott Wilder Productions. Now, that's a story for another show. <laughs> but um, as far as Charlie is concerned, I know his background. And, man, I'm telling you, everybody's got one. And if I was ever in a situation like his or anybody else that has screwed up in life, I would love to have a Sean Holcomb, Sean Ambrose, somewhere, somewhere, just give them one chance. Believe in them and give them the ability to build their name back. And maybe I, you know, I, I've, I've been, I've been uh, fooled before. But I don't think I'm being fooled here. Now, I may come back on here six months from now and say, boy, y'all were, y'all were straight up right. But I got too much evidence saying that to the contrary. I'm not, I'm not a guy, I'm not, like I said, I'm not a wrestling promoter. I'm a business promoter. I'm a businessman. I've, I've booked concerts. I've promoted everything over the past uh, 15 years. And I never, I don't trust anybody. I trust nobody in anything, period. Uh, you know, people will run over you. I trust but verify everything. So when I tell you that, you know, he's bringing the horsemen, I know he's bringing the horsemen because I've seen the deposit and I know they're coming. Um, I hope that answers it. Yeah. Just one other thing on the sting thing, Sean. Um, the, well, I, I, I won't speak for Steve. I know for me, the, the, um, story that sting wasn't going to didn't know anything about it came from uh, a source who directly spoke with sting who said he didn't know anything about being in rome on april 24th so perhaps Was, is the source uh gilbert boyas i don't know who that is no. that's sting's that agent with uh I, now here here's i'll give you uh the information that I, I have not given you, you know, in our correspondences back and forth. Uh, I spoke with, um, I've spoken with the agent that books thing for Scott Wilder promotions. His name's Richie Vaughn. Uh, I spoke with him back in, uh, when we first booked sting because I verified through the agent. Yes. I'm stings agent. Yes. Scott Wilder has paid the deposit. Yes. Sting will be there because I'm not going to talk to sting. There are way too many people between me and him that's not going to allow that oh, to happen yeah. because they're probably just, they think I'm a fan and I'm just trying to call Singh and tell him how much I think he's a great wrestler and all this stuff. 
I, I totally get, get that. Business. I don't have to talk to Sting, no problem. But I talked to his agent. Okay. That's Richie Vaughn that I talked to. All right. Uh, fast forward to about a week ago. When this video surfaced, I contacted Charlie. I said, I need to speak to his agent because something's being – and I, let, let me say this. I know who's spreading all this. It may not be the Sting stuff, but there's, there's one person that does this every year, and I know who he is, and I'm not going to give him the gratification and put him over, but I know who he is. <laughs> it's, get, it's the same old bullshit I deal with every time I do a fan fest, and I'll just leave it at that. Okay. But I talked to uh, Gilbert Goyas, who is now Sting's agent, his exclusive agent with a uh, talent agency. And when I talked to him, he said, who was he booked through? And I said, Richie, Richie Vaughn. And he said, all right, well, I don't know who Richie Vaughn is, but let me text Sting and ask him if he knows who he is. So while we were talking, he texted Sting. Sting never got back to him while we were talking. Uh, he said, now, he said, I spoke to Sting a couple of weeks ago. We were discussing things, and it, brought some, it, it got brought up about Rome, Georgia. And Sting said, I remember – a date in Rome, Georgia. I don't remember the details, but, um, I'm, and I'm not sure, you know, it, it, he was, it, he's, you know, let's be honest. I don't hardly remember the details from the beginning of this. It's been over a year ago. Uh, there's a lot in the last year that has definitely taken up a lot of the memory up in my brain because we've had a pandemic. Well, uh, yeah, and I've and bought it, a house. I mean, I, so, I certainly, uh, I could certainly allow that sting, May have said may not in that moment have known, oh, what specifically you know that he was going to be at X on April twenty fourth. I can get that right. That he that he may not have known, his agent may have known, but he didn't. He didn't know specifically. Yeah. And and that's why I've said I told somebody the other day if I ever book anybody, I will never book a big name ever again because if I can't physically call them and talk to Mm -hmm. them. These twenty five, thirty thousand dollar guys, you're not gonna be able to talk to. I cannot pick the phone up and call Ric Flair. I cannot pick the phone up and call Sting or Goldberg or any of these guys that, that command this big money and can get it. But if I want to pick the phone up and call Tony Atlas, I got him in my Rolodex. Sure. If I want to call sure. Mick Foley, I can call him. I've, those are the guys that are less money, and you know they don't have as many people between me and them. So I'm never going to book big names like this ever again or even work through anybody because if I can't physically talk to them on the phone, I don't want them. So, well, uh, but that's, yeah, with, with, but with the Sting thing with, with uh, Gilbert, uh, he's, you know, he was, he said, I'm not saying he didn't, uh, he doesn't know about you or the show. He does know about Rome, Georgia, and you're the only show that would bring him to Rome, Georgia. So I'm assuming that's what he's talking about. He said, uh, but, you know, in the future, if you want to book Sting, come through me. Uh, I'll have him show up and do whatever you want him to do. And, of course, he gave me his outrageous number, uh, dollar amount, and uh, and that was the end of that. So I've spoken to two agents with Sting, and both of them have at least said that Sting is aware of the show. But, you know, I don't know who your source is. It could be somebody closer to Sting, and Sting could have forgotten. Um, hell, I'm but, 45 years old, and my memory's not as good as it used to be. Either maybe he did forget, or his agent knows, and he don't. I don't know. There's a lot of things that could happen. Final thing, and we're gonna we're gonna have to uh, wrap it up because we've got another guest to come on. But but Sting is sure. confirmed for the October date. There's no question about that. That in your mind. I have uh, been given 100 um, percent confidence from Richie Vaughn 
that Sting is confirmed for October 23rd. I am okay. currently working with Gilbert, who is the uh, who is the current agent, to verify all that. But to get through to Sting and get an answer and make sure that everything is on the on the up and up, it's it's very like I said, it's very difficult to get a promo from these guys, much less call them and talk to them on the phone. So, um, but if uh, it, the as far as me, the promoters is concerned, that is the information that I'm working off of from the vendor and from the agent that he is dealing with. Well, Sean, we appreciate you uh, wanting Absolutely. to come on to clear the air, to clarify things. Thanks for giving us your time on this. And uh, we certainly wish you success with the uh, Fan Fest on April 24. Yeah, thank you. I do appreciate it. We're, it's going to be a big show. Uh, one thing before I leave, though. Yeah. Um, Steve, I, I did in his first video – Stephen said, and I quote, I want to make sure I get this right. Ah, crap. Did I not write that down? Man, I hate that. Anyway, he said, prove me wrong about 12 times. And if I'm wrong, he will come kiss my feet in the middle of my ring. So do you like leather or I got some snakeskin boots? Uh, I mean, I'll wash them real good. So... I got some nice leather boots or my snake skins. That's my signature at KLT. Everybody knows the snake skin boots belong to Sean yep. Ambrose. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I will, call, I'll brother. tell you what, Sean, you kindly invited me uh, to come attend. So at the very least I will be there. And if everything is on the up and up and things all booked and ready to go, I guess I'm going to have to kiss your feet. <laughs> <laughs> you I won't make you do that. Folks. I'm just playing with you. I'm I'm just messing with you. I won't make you do that. But but, uh, but yeah, April 24th, KLT Arena, Superstars Fan Fest, ticket superstarsfest.com. Uh, uh, we got the Four Horsemen coming, and I will go ahead and drop a couple of. Uh, I've I've been in uh, Tony. I've, man, I'll tell you what. After your first video, uh, Stephen, I had no idea the the love that I have in the Georgia wrestling community. The people that started rallying around me. Uh, and my show and the history that we've got, uh, they all started uh, coming to my um, to my aid. And one of the guys that came to my aid is somebody that I thought I had heat with, and apparently I don't because we had a real good conversation yesterday, and that's Tony Hunter. And everybody knows who Tony Hunter is. He's uh, you know well respected in Georgia. He's he's uh, he books a lot of talent, and um, he's bringing three guests to my fan fest. And it's not just going to be a four horseman reunion. It's going to be a five horseman reunion. Because Lex Luger is also coming. Sweet. See it. That's all I've got. Thanks. Thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, Sean. Yes, sir. Y'all have a good evening. You too. Bye bye. Madness. Um, I guess we should bring on the man. Yeah. Yes, we. He's been waiting patiently here. But let's bring him on, the SVW ch- champion, Axel, A-Rod, Foley. Welcome to the Tipping Point, sir. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on, man. Absolutely. I appreciate you being on. I know that you're not a patient man, so I appreciate <laughs> you holding out for us. I see you, I see you talk all kinds of shit on people. I don't want any of that. Believe me. <laughs> so... <laughs> I got well, a question like I said, for I mean, you. Yeah, go oh, ahead. No, please. Go ahead. 
I was going to no, say gonna... Um, your time. You go ahead and say what you're going to say, and I'll shut the <laughs> hell up for 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I mean, yeah, you know, I, I do talk it. Like I said, again, I am still the reigning famous 213 days Southern Violence and Wrestling World Champion. So <laughs> I keep making it happen one way or another. So, and, and But also, Mr. Platinum, Happy birthday to you again, good sir. Oh, very nice. Thank <laughs> you. Um, Axel, like, I, I don't think it's a secret um, that Southern violence used to be considered, not by you guys yourself, of course, but I think a lot mm-hmm. of guys were trying to hold you down. I, like, just, let's just be honest about it, right? right? A lot of guys thought of you as a B or C list show. And mm-hmm. a lot of the repair, a lot of the, I guess, rise of Southern violence to the point where, you know, you're, you're now up for awards, which I don't think anyone ever considered you guys for that stuff. And Mm -hmm. a lot of that has to do with, I think you and fame. I think a lot of it has to do with this idea that when you would cut a promo, um, it sounded as good as just about anybody's. And a lot of this is kind of, I think you can take the credit for this. Um, when you were, when you were going to win this title and then you won the title, did you feel a pressure to, as far as your performances go, or was your attitude more like, I've been doing this all along. Um, now I just get to show it a little more. What was your attitude when you were, when you became the champion? Uh, <clears throat> it's more or less, kind of a little bit of everything. Um, you know, I think I, I usually put a lot of pressure on myself anyways. Um, you know, my wife can attest to it as well as a lot that, you know, I watch, you know, I'll go back and watch matches I've done and everything else. And then I'll, if I catch somewhere where I've, I've botched something a bit, you know, and I'll be like, Oh man, I said, that was garbage. I should have never done that. Or I should have done this instead. And, you know, my wife's looking like, what are you talking about? Like, no one even caught that. Like, you're you're still really good. Like, no one even caught that. I was like, yeah, but, <laughs> you know. But, um, I mean, you know, I just I just always, like I said, um, I just love telling the story, you know, one way or another. I love to be able to tell the story, um, you know, and having that match, um, that cage match with Charlie, I mean, we just, we told it beautifully as possible. And, you know, again, just, Giving the opportunity, uh, which is I'm just thankful for every opportunity that I can get uh, to be in the ring and just to be able to work with the guys that I work with. Um, you know, I just, I just don't. I guess I just don't allow it too much to overtake me. Um, I just every time want to go out there and give the best that I can give, you know, and to ensure that the fans, you know, are invested into what, you know, myself and whoever. I'm working with, you know, we can tell that story that they're invested into it and whatnot. So um, either way, it's just, it's an amazing ride one way or another. Actually, no, I don't know. You know, I don't know too much about your background other than your work at Southern violence. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about, tell you, tell us your story a little bit about, I mean, your story as it pertains to getting into pro wrestling. Yeah, um, well, like I said, I'm a, you know, a military brat. My parents were military, um, so we, you know, we traveled pretty much. I was born in New Jersey. Um, we 
lived in Germany for six years, uh, like I said, with my mom and my biological dad. And he left when I was probably like two. And then my mom met my stepdad, who was in the Air Force. So, um, but I didn't catch wrestling probably till when we moved back to the States in San Antonio when we were stationed there. Probably, I want to say, like I said, I was about eight years old. And it was on a Saturday morning, and it was back, you know, with WWF superstars back then. And it was right on the cusp of, you know, when um, the mega powers were exploding, you know. So I caught, like, when they were going over Hogan Lee's Miss Elizabeth in backstage because she was hurt, and Macho comes back there and flips the script and goes off. I mean, when I saw it, I was just like, holy cow, this is, like, pretty awesome, you know. Like, these guys are just battling it out. And, of course, back then, you know, when kayfabe was – super alive, you know, I thought as a kid, it's real. Like these guys are just taking <laughs> breaks off each other, you know? So I was sold into it. And ever since then, I was just, I was just a fan. I never stopped watching it, you know? So um, getting the opportunities with, you know, my stepdad taking me to the live events. And I think probably the like, second time I went at the Freeman Coliseum, you know, we were front row and, you know, getting to tag the wrestlers, you know, like Bret Hart, Owen Hart, back when he was with Coco as High Energy, the Bushwhackers, and I mean, I was lit up as a kid, you know, so I was just always thought it was just amazing, and, you know, so I, of course, start wrestling with my stuffed animals, and my pillow, and the Invisible Man, and my, all my action figures were wrestlers now, so, like, you know, my parents just knew how much I was just so into it. And then when my younger brother came into the picture, he became my little wrestling buddy, you know, and, um, and whatnot. So, but, um, probably, um, in my teen years, I eventually met basically like my brother from another, uh, mother homeboy, um, goes by nitrous and whatnot, which by the way, platinum, he did used to work with you at your uh, yeah. PCW show in Porterdale. So, yes, yes. Uh, so, yeah, so me and him are, you know, best of buds and whatnot. So him and his brothers and stuff and friends were, at the time, doing backyard wrestling stuff. So he, we worked together, and he was asking, hey, man, you want to you do some backyard wrestling? So I was like, heck, yeah, cool, why not? You know, so we were doing all that stuff, and then it ended up, I, um, he was at the gym, um, used to be called Firehouse Fitness down here in the Riverdale side, and he ran to Rocky King, and... They got to talking, and, you know, Rocky King at the time was had his own promotion of BWA, and he was just asking, seeing how if we could get in. And he told us, well, let me see some tapes, and so he showed him some of our backyard stuff, and he was like, hey, yeah, you know, you guys um, basically pay your dues, help setting up rings and do vending, you know, I'll train you guys for free. And we were like, holy cow, like, dude, that's awesome. Like, yeah, you know, we'll do anything. <laughs> you know, so we started out about, like, in 2001, we um, – he was starting to train us, and he was just like, are you guys sure you've never had training before? And we're like, no, like, we've just been watching it as kids and wrestling with our stuffed animals. And he was just like, you know, we were like, well, why? He's like, well, because you guys are taking bumps like you've been trained already. Like, it's nothing. Like, you can just go with it, you know, without getting scared or kind of stiff. He goes, it's natural. He goes, and that's a good thing because you don't find that too many too often with some of the guys, you know, when they're starting to train, he goes, so this is really good. It's just gifted for you guys and whatnot. So, um, so yeah, so we, we started wrestling, doing some shows and whatnot with him. And, um, of course, 
with me, I was working full time with the airline, so I really my schedule was very hard to really um, to be able to attend and do it. So I couldn't really do it as much. So of course, Nitrous was able to, and but it was just such a gap until finally, I think in 2014, um, a school friend of mine sent me a flyer about uh, another little promotion was called KFW. They were looking for people, and so at the time, I was just like, oh, you know, I'll just go like little uh, referee stuff and. I went there and then ended up somehow getting booked because one of the guys backed out because he didn't really know what he was doing. So they got me in there and I wrestled with the guy that was running for the main event. And, you know, when the fans just seeing them get all jacked and just excited and cheering and whatnot, it just put that bug. And I was just like, man, I could probably still do it. You know, I still, maybe I still have a little bit left in there and whatnot. So, you know, I started uh, working with, I think it was with DCWM, uh, with Brian Titus and them for a bit. Um, me and I just did for about four and a half years and until I ran into Ryan Murdoch. Um, we were friends on Facebook and then we happened to <laughs> work a show with good old Mr. Eric Nelson. I'm sure most of you guys know who he is. <laughs> you know, so, uh, but we got to work. Um, he had me and Ryan booked um, against each other and whatnot. So, we worked our match together, and after the match, Ryan was just, he was just like, man, he goes, dude, I got to have you with SBW. You know, we're we're just um, going to be starting in Athens at Southern Bruins, so we'd love to have you. So, and, of course, that was in July of 2018, and once I got there, man, I just, I never left. I stuck with him, you know, and it's just been an amazing ride with the guys, with Ryan, with Justin, who have been nothing but, you know, just great guys and just, you know, um, wanting to always continue to make it better every time, you know. So, but that's uh, and that's pretty much about it, really, in a nutshell. <laughs> are you content to um, stick with Southern Violence, or are you looking to branch out? Um, I'm like I said, trying to eventually see. Um, I know we're gonna um, in the next couple months, gonna try to go to one show. I believe it's GSWF in Tennessee, and so I'm definitely going to be doing that in April the 3rd. Um, so, slowly but surely, you know, just branching myself out a bit more and just, you know, trying to uh, work around in different areas, obviously, and, you know, just wherever wherever the, the good Lord guides me, you know, is where I'll go, you know, and just make it happen one way or another. I remember um, I first got – I first noticed you when uh, it was for um, – a promo that you did that had sort of like a video game opening, I remember. And then I was <laughs> yeah. like, and I was like, uh, but I was, you know, of course the video game stuff caught my attention right away. Cause it was like a little production value, but, but it was really the promo that caught me. But the thing that puts you over with me, um, because I'm a barbarian is <laughs> the color that you got in that one match. I just remember going like, that's the best blood picture we've had in Georgia in years. Like, and, and I know that's a ridiculous thing to say, but like I, that told me something, which was like, uh, that guy was like, I'm getting color for this big match in this big moment and I'm going to get the color. And it was like all the way down your boots and the way your eyes like <laughs> were in the middle of it. Um, yeah. This is a, this is a weird question. So mm-hmm. <laughs> when you got the color, right what were your thoughts going through your head? Like, like it's gotta look good. Like what, how did you know, how did you know it was good enough? I guess. 
because you know I always uh, had to ask people like, well, how's it how's it look? You know, like I could never judge yeah. myself, but but I mean, because you got ridiculously good color, and it, again, it was just one of those things that you know I was like, well, people want to talk shit about them, they can't talk shit about that color because it's yeah. working off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um oh man, it was I originally was was going to try to get it done earlier in the match, but cuz we were just going, so I never really had the time at the, at the point. So when we were me and Charlie were up on the ropes and we were just battling out towards the end, you know, I eventually got I got <laughs> got the plate out to go ahead and gig and I just told him I said I said Charlie just slam my head against the cage. You know, so he goes for it, boom, and as soon as I did it, I just did it. Well, I just thought I got myself a little bit and whatnot, but it was all of a sudden I felt like it just felt like a bucket of warmth just went down my face. And I was like, it shocked myself. I was because I, I just thought, I was like, holy crap, I must have went too deep. Like, oh God, <laughs> like I hope I can still <laughs> make it climbing over. Like, I just don't lose too much blood or whatnot. I just didn't know it was, I just felt all that stuff was just coming down my face and whatnot. And so, but I just kept with it and climbed up and everything else so I just didn't know I knew it was a lot I just didn't know how much it was until like seeing the picture like because everybody was just like holy crap like dude it looks like a massacre <laughs> like you just look like you just massacred out there man it was just a bloody murder or something man so um but yeah I give credit to um to Josh Deal because he was the one that actually took that picture with me um you know, with that bloodshot and everything else. So, um, but yeah, man, I was, I was in shock at first, like I said, cause I just didn't know like how much was really just coming down. Like I just, I just felt that warmth and I just knew it was coming down. I just knew it was like, Holy crap. I must've got it too deep or something. Cause this, this thing is like, it's coming down. Like I just feel it just running down my face and, and whatnot. And then of course, when I was able to watch the match and then like afterwards when I get out and I win, and then the camera and how they caught me and then just watching and looking at it. And I was just seeing, I was like, holy crap, it was just blood was running in my mouth, all through my teeth. And it was just like, at the same time, I was like, holy crap, it was a lot of blood. But, man, it looks so beautiful. Like, this is just freaking awesome. <laughs> like, I just became a fan, of, a fan of myself watching it at the same time, you know, and whatnot. So, um, but, yeah, it was, it was amazing. I mean, I just, I enjoyed that match. With Charlie, um, that was it was it was an awesome match that we were able to do together, and um, you know, of course, like I said, the to get the big pop of jumping off the the cage, which I didn't know I was going to do it or not until the last minute. I just decided, yeah, I'm just going to jump off the cage, you know. So, but it it was all great. It was awesome. Yes, clearly, great pictures, <laughs> Larry. My uh. uh first exposure to you I mean, the only live exposure really was the first um svw show after the pandemic and right. um i came to southern violence and wrestling not knowing what to expect not knowing what to expect it from you and then you cut a promo that really caught my attention and really um impressed me i just it made me curious about your mindset when you when you're doing a live promo in front of the crowd Mm-hmm. Um, man, I've, like I said, I've watched like so many of the, of the guys, you know, the veterans of the four, you know, guys like, uh, Jake, the snake, um, Ric Flair, of course, um, the rock, 
um, who just like could truly just captivate the crowd and whatnot. So a lot of times I just basically, I'm at home. So I'm like, my, my wife always says, like, you're always talking to yourself. I was like, no, I'm always doing a promo. Like I always mm. just try to think like, I believe it. <laughs> like every time I'm just thinking like, you know, okay, if we're in this type of scenario, you know, what would, how would I respond if they were responding to me in this certain way? Like, what's my response to it back, you know? So I'm just constantly, like, my mind's always running with promos all the time. Like, you know, and it's just, uh, it's just somebody that, it is just something that's just, I've just constantly been able to do all the time, you know, it's, you know, and everybody's, like I said, you know, I remember before, like, you know, when I've done them, like, back then and stuff, and everybody's like, oh, do you ever write this stuff down? I said, no. I said, I don't, because to me, if I just do it off the top of my head, that's why it's more passionate than me writing it down and having to read it like a script, in a sense. You know, for me, it's just, it it allows me to bring more of that passion behind it, you know, and really get it out there as to, you know, you're just, you're zoned in. You know, and that's my whole goal is to get you zoned in to whatever I'm saying. You know, I'm, yeah, I may not be the biggest guy, but you're going to listen one way or another, you know, and you're just going to be captivated from what I've got to say. And then we're going to take this, you know, to a different level or whatnot, you know. So that's just me. Like, you know, yeah, I just, I've, I've, like I said, I just watch and I just go over in my head all the time and just, you know, just try to picture scenarios with whoever I'm working with or however we're going to do this promo or whatnot. Um, and, again, some things, you know, are, are written down, like, and it, it give me, like, bullet points as to, you know, um, what Justin usually has written down um, for the yeah. storylines and whatnot. So it gives me the bullet points, but I just, and that's, I just take it, but, you know, I just twist it to my own, you know, uh, ordeal to make it just that much more you know, uh, captivating and whatnot. Yeah, man, I got to tell you this. I mean, it was probably two years ago. Larry may know better than I do, but there was a guy, a young wrestler named Joe Black, and, you know, we had him on. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd, I'd heard a couple of promos that he had done, and, I mean, and, you know, he's a very introverted guy. He's not like you in that way. He's he's very much a kind of a closed-off guy in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. But I just remember just just desperately encouraging him, like, dude, that's your, that's your ticket. Like, cut right. these fucking promos all the time. Mm-hmm. And he did. And... You know, now I'm not saying I made it happen. I'm just saying <laughs> I know I know what works. And right, if you're thinking about promos that hard, and and I said uh, that's obvious when you were saying that, like you know, I cut promos all the time to myself because because there's just a smoothness in your delivery and a comfort with what you're doing, and mm-hmm. it's, you just have this natural. Nothing's better than a natural promo. Like Cody right. Rhodes is a guy who is a sort of developed and polished promo through acting training. And there's just right. some, and so he can cut a great promo. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. the guys that just, just suck you in. Um, that's a different vibe. Jake Roberts is a different vibe than Cody Rhodes, you know, and right. you've got that thing. And so all I can say is, 
it's great that you're doing Southern violence and you should continue to do it and, and, you know, branch out and do other shows, but Mm -hmm. cut promos, find (laughs) a reason to publicly display your skill because you can go toe to toe with anybody. And my thing is, if you've got something that's special, show it because we need more special in wrestling. We need things that are above and beyond. And that is, I mean, I'm not saying you can't work. I can't say any, I'm, you know, like that's none of that's true. (laughs) Good worker. Obviously you get color really well. And so I'm impressed already. Even if that's all you ever did was was bleed and (laughs) bleed and cut promos, but you're more than that. But I mean, those promos, that's a special thing. And that's, I mean, there are a ton of guys right now getting deals with, you know, AEW and whatever that, you know, Mm -hmm. they couldn't, they couldn't talk their way out of a parking ticket. Right. Right. So I'm just saying (laughs) when in doubt talk, because man, you're good at it and you got a good voice and all the rest of it. So I thank you. I thank you. I do appreciate that. Uh, Axel, this has been a, this has been a pleasure before we let you go. What do you got on March 13th for SVW? What do you got? Oh boy. Ah, Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, so March 13th, um, we got, which is titled, uh, rumors of war and we are involved in what has been called a killing fields cage match and it's team fame versus team SVW. And there is going to be weapons on the cage and we're basically doing a war game style as to two men enter and then every two minutes from each one from each team comes in afterwards, you know, until everybody's in and then it's win by pinfall or submission or whatnot. So this is going to be a, another interesting one again. And, you know, but, uh, like I said, without giving too much gonna... away, who you, who you picking on, who you picking on, on the other team, who are who are you looking forward to wrapping a chair around their head or <laughs> who are you most looking forward? <laughs> That's so terrible of me, but it's so true. Like, who are you looking forward to just kicking in the freaking face and making suffer on that team? Oh, well, my number one goal is for Charlie because Charlie, you know, from the show in December, he decided to sneak up from behind me and catch me off guard and put me through a table. And I'm sure that many have seen that video. So mm-hmm. he's got a, re- he's got a receipt coming, you know, that's a definite. So yeah, he might get the chair wrapped. He might get kicked in the nuts. I mean, whatever I can find, he's going to remember my name. That's for sure. Nice. Okay. Nice. <laughs> uh, thanks a lot, man. We really appreciate you coming on, and thanks for your patience. I know you were waiting in the queue oh, for a while. <laughs> not a problem, man. I, I, I'm just, again, humbled and grateful for just the opportunity. I thank you guys for having, on me, uh, having me on the show. So wish you guys nothing but the best, and God bless you guys, man. Right on, man. Thank you for being on, champ. Appreciate it, buddy. All right. Well, Mr. Goodman, that was a big one. (laughs) Yeah. So go enjoy the rest um, of your birthday, and we'll be back in uh, two weeks with the Kirk with Mr. with the Kirk people, right? Yes, the first the first couple of deathmatch wrestling. I cannot wait. Wonderful. 
Wonderful. But for Larry Goodman, I'm Stephen Platinum. Be sure to check out Georgia Wrestling History if you're not doing so already. GWHnewsandnotes.blogspot.com. Thank you to Sean Amber. Or what does he prefer to be called? Sorry. Sean Ambrose. Because I always call him Sean Ambrose. Okay. So thank you to Sean Ambrose for clearing the air. Thank you to the SVW champion, uh, Axel Foley. And we will see you next time on The Tipping Point. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.